put your balls on the table and let it roll. <laughs> Yo. There we go. There he is. I said fucking wild morning waking up. I woke up at 5.30 this morning and I got I saw that news on Judge. Kind of soured my morning a little bit. I feel very hot yesterday, man. Fuck. We'll do it. So you were uh, you were really looking forward to that deal, huh? You know, I I was it, to me it's bigger than what he brings to the field now. Okay, what the Giants were eighty two and eighty two last year, I think, or mm -hmm. something, something like that, or eighty one and eighty one last year. Um, six more games, they get into the back end of the playoffs. Is Judge worth six wins? I think so. Um, I think the Hanniger trade actually made me believe more that we were going to see judge signed. It looked like those were the ancillary pieces that were going to start to be put together around him. Um, so I was all, all for it. And then John, John Heyman yesterday with the arson judge tweet, um, you know, I like all jokes aside, the guy's an idiot. His press creds need to get pulled. That's like almost on the level of tampering in my opinion. And, and I know that the leak came from judges camp to, push the Yankees obviously yeah I've got issues across the board with the way that the Giants handled it I think they said Farhan came out and said we're not going to be outbid well why didn't you go to 41 on 10 like <laughs> you know like if if that's the case then why are we still sitting here you know on multiple talk shows this morning I heard in the Bay Area like we're again we're the bride at the altar and we're being left at the altar and I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like we're used as like a leverage chip in a lot of these deals for these big free agents. And they like these agents know that we have the money. They know that we're looking to spend the money and they use us in a positioning battle with said team to drive that price up. And eventually that team caves in and they they get the deal that they want. So. I'm a little bummed for sure. Yes, the back end of the deal is going to look like shit. It's going to be really difficult to justify paying him 30 with a 39 million a year, 36 million a year when he's you know 38 years old and has a busted hip and back problems, but it doesn't matter. We needed 5 years of somebody putting butts in the seats. I mean, I yes. I I heard on uh I heard on KMBR this morning a uh, guy call in and talk about how he pays 13 grand for his season tickets and who's coming up to bat right that's an issue and you're going to start yeah. to lose these season ticket holders these loyal loyal fans that have been giants fans for their entire lives um you know as much as it pains me to say i miss sabian in a certain sense he actually was able to get some deal like deals across the line he yeah. was a he was a staunch negotiator and he had that killer instinct he was able able to to get the nail in the coffin I'm starting to have my doubts about Farhan. He treats this like it's the Oakland A's. And this is not a bargain bin. This is like this is a elite franchise with multiple World Series in a short window in the last 20 years. Like we're not fucking in the last 10 years. Like this team is this organization it it, it financially can hang with the big boys and um brand recognition wise it's right there. Um this is just, it's getting to a point now where I have to look and, and I got to think, okay, is Farhan, you know, not expanding his system a little bit to start to include bigger pieces. And then also, 
you know, Judge might have been sitting there going, well, shit, you know, am I really going to get platooned a couple games? Like, you know, Kapler and those guys, that's what they do. And, yeah, so I think questions need to be asked across the board. Uh, Hanniger feels like a bit of a slap in the face and kind of a, a, a you know, like kind of a – they did it almost knowing that they weren't going to get judged so that they could divert the attention. It was just – yeah, it was uh, it was a rough morning, and and I just you know I feel for Giants fans because we don't have anybody to go look to go root for. I mean, Aaron, to your point, like I I also heard um, on our show this morning, morning roast, uh, Joe Shasky talking about not only the season ticket holders and trying to get butts in the seats, but for I mean for a lot of us, a lot of our friends, you know, we're in our mid thirties, everyone's starting to settle down and have kids. Naturally, you would want to drive your kids towards the franchises you love and you grew up with right and what kid that is getting into baseball is going to want a mediocre ball club that is limping into a play-in wild card series there's no one there's no big superstar like we had kent or bonds or i mean shit even rich aurelia was like someone to be talked about you know as a kid but like there i mean lamont wade like i'm like no, no shade on Lamont Wade, but like no kids growing up looking at that player being like, this is this is the reason I I started liking the Giants. No, no shade to your guy on the radio show, uh, but fuck them kids, right? <laughs> like we're the last generation that gives any modicum of shit about baseball. These younger kids really don't care. The game's slow as it is. I do think, but to his point, I do think you need to bring in some excitement. There's how there's a handful of stars in baseball. I mean, for the casual sports fan, I don't think they would know Aaron Judge if he walked in the room, right? Like for I, the, I, I mean, think, yeah, I think you're wrong, dude. He's six eight, two fifty. Okay, like, fair enough. He plays for the Yankees. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he fair yeah. enough, fair enough. But in in totality, how many superstars do I would we agree. have? You of Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani. So you're already wrong there. That Mike, people would Trout, recognize. Mike Trout could walk in the room and no one would know who he is. Yes, Mike, agreed. Mike, I don't even know if Mike Trout has a million followers on Twitter or Instagram. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> Go look. Yeah. Right. We're um, the, the the guys like that that need to be built around are the Jazz Chisholm's, the Ronald Acuna's, the yes. Shohei Otani's, the Fernando Tatis's. Yep. These flair they've got style they play the game five levels five tools they are flying all over the field they bring that flair to the game that you know that we that we need and i think those guys are marketable for sure and yes. i think and i think that that is the giants are literally the opposite of that they are old white guys that move slow <laughs> and hit the ball for for singles yeah shout out wilmer flores <laughs> I, mean, I love dude i'm a diehard fan i'm like a diehard fantasy baseball fan i play in a dynasty league that's been running for 15 years i play in multiple high stakes leagues in a in a, what's called the nfbc which is like the national fantasy baseball championship it's it's a you know and it's really stiff competition fucking nerd <laughs> seam head over here, <laughs> Big seam head over here. And, and i and i and i appreciate what wilmer flores is i appreciate what Brandon Belt does in the, in the box when he gets on base, and it doesn't matter how he gets on base. But you're right, John. The 12-year-old 
who's getting into the game doesn't care about on base percentage. Right. They want to see the ball go over the over the fence. They want to see the somebody stealing second, rounding third, hair flying. Like well, and for all and for all these kids in you know California in the Bay Area, you know the Warriors were kind of that blueprint, right? Like they were kind of uh, uh, the the laughing stock of the league for the for twenty years, and then they bought into the tech industry and started to be able to buy. I mean, obviously drafting Draymond and Clay and and Curry really helps kind of boost <laughs> that that you know trajectory. But still, I mean, they've gone back out. They've reinvested into the city they reinvested into their team to give fan bases a hope that they're going to keep this kind of train moving and the giants they're in the same they're in the same market like why can't they do that we, we all know that they have the money they well, all the have go ahead go ahead well i was just going to say that the giants for years now how often do we go get that the the biggest free agent on the market in the off season it's it's Barry Zito is probably the last one we could really point to, right? And, um, you know, it worked out, right? It wasn't what I feel we... Like, I feel like Hunter Pence was kind of a, a big sure. signing, you know, because he was kind of in his and you could go, heyday and at the Astros. and Yeah, you could go back, Carlos Beltran, the one-year rental. We've done some things, but, but on the grander scheme of things, when we're talking about this next generation coming up and all that, the Giants have always drawn well. But we are in a weird time right now as a society, but specific to San Francisco and the Bay Area for three consecutive years, more people have left San Francisco than have come to it. A lot of these tech companies are moving out of the city because of a multitude of reasons, um, a lot of them financial and taxes and all that kind of stuff, not needing the same size offices. We are, we have a recession hanging over us. Some believe we're already in it. Some believe we're about to go into it. Whatever you want to say, the consumer index and confidence is, is low right now, right? And so we're going to have to start, um, the average person is going to have to start to make some real decisions around how they're going to spend their money. and. Giants games aren't cheap, right? They they um, they're not cheap, and so to get butts in the seats to your point, Aaron, I thought Aaron Judge could really help that to give some excitement back to a ball club that desperately needs it. And look, we're we're two years removed now, two seasons removed from the Giants' best regular season record ever, and we we follow that up with a 500 season in a division with the Dodgers who have made the postseason 10 years in a row. Granted they're losing some guys too. Um, and they're not getting a lot of major signings as of yet, but I think as a franchise and to Aaron's point, three championships, we're not some scrub franchise that never we're in gets a these guys. Franchise. I mean, What's we're that? the home of Willie Mays. You know, we are one of the most historical franchises yes. in baseball. And yeah, it's it. I mean, it's to me, it's it the fact that coming into these winter meetings and these signings, there was Turner, there was Carlos Correa, there was Judge. There's been articles that we're going to get one of those, there's been articles that we're going to get yeah. two of those, yeah. there's been articles that we're going to get three of those. And like the fact that we're sitting here and we don't have one of them, it blows my mind. Like, how, how. Do you have the bankroll and the talk around the league of the bankroll that you're wanting to spend this year and you don't come up with one of those free agents? Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. Um, 
we'll see what happens this offseason. Uh, AB, do you have any? Do you have anything on your wish list for the Giants to do for the remaining moves this offseason? Yeah, I mean, for me at this point now, I, I would like to shift to to what I think is is the most talented free agent on, on e- in either hitting or or pitching, and I think we need to bring back Carlos Rodon first and foremost, right? We need to sign him up for. He pitches really well here. He yes. said he liked the East Bay. He said the fishing's great. It was better than he thought it was going to be. Okay, this guy's obviously stated that he likes being here, right? He pitches really well in this park. He's shown that he can go up against NL West. Him and Webb are a great one, too, to have. And then we have some some young guys coming in, and Harrison that looks really nice. Uh, Discofani will be back. I think Wood will be back. Like, those guys are good three, four starters. Like, great. That's a nice rotation. I want one more piece in the bullpen that we can spot with Doval. Um, and yeah, we need to get a Correa in. We need to get a Brandon Nimmo in. If we can get those two guys around Hanniger, then I'm like, okay, now we've got somewhat of a competitive team. I know some of these names. Like, I might be an outlier that, like, I know the farm system, right? So I know we're going to see guys like Luciano and Matos and Harrison coming up and Sean Jelly. And like, these guys are going to be here soon and they're going to be good and they're going to be pieces that we can build around. But to me, the foundation was bring Judge in, bring in another another a, a Nimmo at 29 or 28 or whatever, who's a great uh, defensive outfielder and can get on base. He's a perfect leadoff guy. And then in two years, and this year, we we try to make the playoffs. And then in two years, we bring in these young guys and we start to really build this thing like, like what the Dodgers have done. And I don't want to hear about California taxes. Why? LA and San Diego have all-star teams. They have no problem yes. getting these guys to sign. Like it's 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 maybe it's the weather, but I mean, come on. Do you think it has something to do with the actual city of San Francisco? I mean, I think it's I think San Francisco is an acquired taste, and I think that a lot of people that that visit there want to go there for certain specific reasons. People that live there are very unique in their own right, and and are like I said, it's a very acquired taste, and. I, you know, frankly, frankly, it's not a, a city for doesn't have a lot of like Dominican or Caribbean um, pockets and influence like a New York does. Right. Yes. Or like a Florida does or even like a San Diego or an L.A. does. Right. It doesn't have um, like a good old boy feel for these players out of the Midwest and in the Southwest in the South. You know, it's like it's the most liberal, you know, area in the country. So, like, you know, you ain't going to sign up, dude, from Georgia, who's a blue chipper and grew up his whole life leaning one way and have him come play in San Francisco. Like, no, yeah. dude, it you're going to have to, you're going to have to draft him like Posey right. and Bumgarner. Yeah. And that yeah. exactly. And then you, and then they start to see the value of being here, but I'm at a loss. And usually I'm not with this team. I know it pretty inside and out and up to down and, and I've got a pretty good feel for it, but I just, I don't know if Farhan is, is the guy or if it even matters at this point. And we just have a bigger, uh, problem being, you know, just honestly, geographic, politically, and from an e- economic standpoint, I, I think we're up against it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I I think those are all solid points. Um, and I do, I do wonder. Yeah, I just wonder what their plan is. It, I I had hope going into last season, even though we didn't have the names. But uh, Rodon, I was a big fan of that signing, so I agree. We need to bring him back, but. Um, there you go. Uh, 17 minutes on baseball in December. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, 
I love talk, let's stay with the bay for a minute because we talked a lot last week previewing the Dolphins Niners game. You had the balls to pick the Niners. Um, Aaron, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a little concerned about that game. It turns out you were right. I was wrong. My fears were I'm just a pessimistic fan at all times. I've had my heart broken too many times, so I always just assume we're going to suck and we're going to blow it. Like it just but Jarrell, uh, Jarrell, you do know 10-7 Garoppolo goes down. Aaron was sweating that bet. For sure. Of course. Who wouldn't be? Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking my tickets hanging on who? Brock who? Right. Brock like yeah, I was sweating for sure. But I didn't bet on Jimmy. I bet on the defense. Yeah. And the defense showed up. I mean, they uh they made to his life a living hell. Um <laughs> I saw it. Such a dumb joke online today, but it made me laugh so hard. It was, uh, what was it? Tua uh, <laughs> turned the ball over. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. Um, that defense, that, that defense is really formidable, obviously. But now all the questions are back to where they've been since the start of the season, and it's the question at quarterback. No one knows anything about Brock Purdy. Yes, a lot of people have do. done some cramming lately um watching some of his his college tape great you said you do go ahead john floor is yeah. yours uh you know that infamous run that i had in college football uh over 70 percent of my bets panning out my whale that year was iowa state and okay. Brock Purdy. this guy he's an he's an arizona guy but a west coast guy he had offers from alabama from yep. every big power five he chose to go to iowa state started as a true freshman never lost that role so he's had over 100 over 80 games or whatever at as as a starter from his junior year of high school to finishing college which is insane so like the fact that people are calling him a rookie and keep in mind he was supposed to he was supposed to be a top 15 draft pick his junior year right he wanted to come back and win a Big 12 championship. Obviously, didn't do that. He actually took a step back his senior year and had kind of some turnover uh, issues. And so it dropped him down. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant when he came, you know, after his senior year. But everyone forgets his junior year, he was a top 15 draft pick. Um, and so to, to come in, beat out, you know, Sudfield beat out essentially Jimmy as well because you know they're trying to move that contract and get Jimmy out of there before yeah. before Trey Lance goes down. He was their second string quarterback. So to say he's a third string quarterback coming in is a little a little subjective, I would say. But I think he's a great backup quarterback and could be a decent starter on a lot of teams. Obviously like Aaron pointed out with this defense, you don't really need to have a lot out of that quarterback position. We see that in Jimmy G, right? Manage the game really well. Do what you do really well. Show those short intermediate passes. Yeah, and, and Jimmy and G was done. Jimmy G was classic. Could not close a game out. Right, like there's so many times that we had to put that defense back on the field to close the game for the Niners in the last few years. Right, this isn't anything new. So can Brock Purdy come come in and not close games out? Probably. Right. The one thing that was really encouraging for me is it appears this kid's got some giant 
cojones. I'm telling you, big balls just standing in the pocket, taking some real hits and delivering under pressure. And he didn't throw an interception with his eyes closed. So we're off to a good start there. Um, and it's just, again, I think everyone's hit on it. The Niners defense is is the strength of the team. Regardless, it would be great to have an awesome quarterback. But if Brock Purdy can just kind of, you know, steer the ship a little bit, you know, and let let all the other guys on defense, all his studs, put the ball in their hands and just manage the game. I think the Niners are going to be right where they were. Yes, sir. Two in your in in his passes, right? Like those are some conf. Those aren't rookie passes. Like he's mm, threading the needle. Yeah. Some of those that third down pass to Kittle uh, with the free run, free blitzer in his face. Um, he made some incredible throws, and even should have had a touchdown to McCaffrey in that super tight window, and McCaffrey dropped it. Yeah. So I I honestly think with the skill set that he has, he's exactly like Jimmy G, but more mobile. He can he can run those counter those counter bootlegs. He can get outside the pocket and kind of extend plays where Jimmy was first option. Okay, second option dump. You know, get rid of it because there's no there's no escape for me, right? I'm a pocket guy and I'm going to get rid of it. Purdy can kind of do a little bit of the early Russell Wilson, right? Where he can kind of buy time, build out the play, and with the with that receiving core and obviously CMC, it's only a matter of time before those players get open. Yeah, definitely. I, I all those points are valid. The one I would say that I I would counter is I think he's not like Jimmy G in the sense that he's a gunslinger. He's not a game game manager. And you saw that with even the way that the ball was thrown. Jimmy's ball has a bit, it's 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 a bit labored sometimes. This guy's ball was tight, man. Yeah. And it was in these windows where he just he, now granted his mechanics are are not good. He he throws off the back foot. He throws the sidearm a lot. He he kind of gets funky with his delivery. Um Jimmy's more of a, a technically sound quarterback, no doubt. But I almost think with the weapons around this guy, an improvising quarterback like that, who's going to push it a little bit harder and, and really try to squeeze these little windows and these, look, you can throw Debo those tight windows where he's got to snatch it out of the air. And there's only yeah. a few guys in the league that can do that. But if you have a quarterback that's willing to match that, now you've got a dynamic situation. My, my the throw that I was the most impressed by was, it was like, I forget it was maybe a second or a third down. He got kind of pushed out of the pocket to the right, rolled out to the right, and and that outside linebacker started to come up on him, and he threw this, like, not even a dump pass, but he got it up and over to the to the yeah. training tight end, and it was just, you could see, like, okay, like, he understands the flow of the game. He he feels it. He can, and so I was, I was super impressed for a kid that had just come up, come, not running any snaps with the ones at all. He's a right. third He's a third stringer, like not even during the week. You're, right. you're, you're playing, you know, scout QB. Like that's what you're right. doing. Right. But he's playing against the best defense in the league in, in those practices. Right. So he's getting, he's getting the pressures. He's getting that, you know, those Warners, those, you know, green laws in his face at practice. And he's the backup or essentially up until this last week, he was the third string. So it was like, yeah, go at him. So you know we'll I mean, he's, he's got that pressure in his face. So I, I and combine that with a four year starter, uh, in college, I I honestly think Brock Purdy has has some success in front of him. So what? Okay, so this next week is going to be a huge test. Obviously, there's some tape out on the guy. All right, so now we we get to see what are you going to do when the pressure's on and you're not coming in. And yes, there's there's pressure in the moment when you step into a game, but 
pressure builds like a like a cooker right wow. and over a week of getting ready and now all of a sudden you're at the range and you're the one that's the guy and now there's a little bit of praise being heaped on you and we all know what that can do to somebody right let's see what you do now kid i want to see what you do now this is a bigger test to me even Todd though Bull's defense todd bowl's defense right exactly I, again i think obviously it's it, we, we've said it the niners defense is getting healthy dre greenlaw i've been saying his name the last two weeks three weeks on the show just praising this guy and how important he is to the defense and what he does is so unique he is i love fred warner he might be the best line peer linebacker in the game this kid makes his life a lot easier i'll tell you that right now and dre greenlaw is one of those pieces on that defense and I know that D'Amico knows that, and he knows that that defense runs differently when he's playing alongside Fred Warner. He can just do so much. And you saw what he did last game, game record, havoc all over the place. And we don't even mention Bosa and Armstead's coming back. I mean, the, Hufanga on the back end, like Traverius Ward, Jimmy Ward, like that secondary was the question. I'm sorry, but they look sharp, man, and they look ready to go. And they, a, couple, a couple blunders against against the Dolphins. Yeah, it, right, you're right, but that's going to happen. You're going to have time. You're you're messing with the cheetah. Like right. he's going to get you every once. Also, Hufanga is like a center fielder, right? And that's right. that's kind of what you give up for a center center fielder. It's like go out, make me plays, but occasionally you're gonna you're gonna make the you know the wrong read, and it's gonna blow right. up your he, face. And he got burned there trying to have a game winner when they were when they got when it was twenty four seventeen. Or when they when the, the they they scored to get to twenty four seventeen when uh, Tyreek scored that that second touchdown or first touchdown of his but you know what I'm talking about yeah Hufanga tried to make the play to end the game so I'm okay with those gambles your two score lead like sh try to shut it down you know what Do I mean you think uh, j just kind of uh, different outlook right here we've all been kind of talking about Shanahan and you know if he can win the big one kind of his one this is his sixth year now everyone's kind of at that stagnant standstill with him where it's like do we have the guy obviously we can't get rid of him he's he's a great coach there's no other candidate that would replace him but do you think that he's going to get a free pass now if purdy has to go into the playoffs is this like a, a setup for oh well it's it doesn't go on shanahan yet again because you know he had to deal with the third string quarterback or he had you know like like 2000 2020 or whatever it was when the defense was completely wrecked and they had a horrible season i i'm so i'm in the camp where i'm in total disbelief in this weird public sentiment in some like pockets of the 49er world that don't like shanahan like and don't think he's a capable go find me another coach off the street that's better than him that ha that doesn't have a job right now someone someone brother, said sean payton like give me a break dude Give me a break. Sean Payton hasn't been in the game for a couple years. He had Drew Brees in a dynamic offense, and and yes, he he could scheme up a game, no doubt. He's a great coach. Shanahan runs a, has schemed, literally built the modern day and run game. So it's like, I don't want to hear it. This guy's taking us to a Super Bowl, like this guy, multiple Super Bowls, right? Like, is it one? One Super Bowl, three AFC or NFC championships? Yeah, or sorry, two, NFC two. two. Harbaugh two is to the to the Baltimore one, but it's like. The guy's a he's a great coach. And I and I and I I don't think internally that that uh ownership is going, yeah, I don't know if we no. They're fine. They're like, we know what we got here. So I don't want to hear any of this about Shanahan out and all that and whatever. Like he develops coaches, he puts guys in position as as the coaches around him to succeed. They go on to get head coaching jobs. 
The team is always competitive. It's been the most injury-riddled team over the last three years, and he's had to deal with that. Like, Jimmy G, Trent, like, yes, you can question Lynch's draft picks and all the picks he gives up and everything. I get that. But draft picks don't win you games. Yeah, but if if you're saying that Shanahan is is this this person within the franchise uh, with the, the ownership and the, the president group is not worried about whatsoever, we're not getting rid of him, wouldn't you think that it's almost like Lynch, in a way, is kind of working for Shanahan? Like some of those, like those picks, those move ups, those kind of things aren't just a Lynch decision. Like that's that's Shanahan making those picks, right? Like you can't. It's all on. It's all on Lynch. It's not on. Nothing's on Shanahan for giving away three first round picks. I would hope that my general manager would be working for my coach. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm with you. Um, I think you know Shanahan. You're right. The modern offense, the run scheme is a lot of it is based off what shanahan is doing right he's he's changed the game there um i just want to go back to something we were talking about when we were talking about uh brock purdy earlier and the one thing i can say and i don't know how you feel ab but for me i'm so fucking sick of a game manager we haven't seen someone throw the ball down the field since kaepernick i mean even at least cj bethard right would at least attempt to throw the ball down the field and i'm we had all these years of Alex Smith, and this is not to uh, degrade the wonderful name of Alex Smith and all the years he gave to the Niners, but he was a game manager. Jimmy G, much the same, and I, I want a gunslinger. I'm okay with a couple interceptions because we have the defense to, you know, that can be backed up and still make things happen. I want someone who is going to take risks, who's going to be exciting, who might throw in a double coverage, but's going to throw it more than 20 yards down the field from time to time. I'm so tired of watching the same thing year in, year out. And like, it's, oh, we lead the league in yak again. Awesome. Cause we have these really fucking awesome guys that are catching seven yard slants and making some ridiculously athletic plays and making it happen. I would like to see, can we stretch the field? Ayuk is a beast <laughs> to Debo, obvious beast, Kittle beast. We have the best fullback in the league, the most diverse fullback in the league who could play tight end, who could play tailback, who can go, who could spread out wide. Like we have all these weapons and it, it's just like you have all these toys that you don't get to play with because we have a game manager all the time. So Brock Purdy is going to throw the ball down the field. I am a hundred percent on board. And you know, I do think Kyle Shanahan is the guy who's going to figure out what his strengths are and work towards his strengths. And like John said earlier, you can roll this guy out. He is a little bit more mobile. Shanahan literally Shanahan and Lynch gave up three for or three first rounders to go find a mobile quarterback and to to roll the dice. So if we can if the Niners can figure out a way to really work towards Brock Purdy's strengths and get him on on the move a little bit more. I think the the best case scenario for the 49ers is Brock earns the starting job and we see what we have with Trey and we could let Jimmy go. That is by far the best case scenario. But you can't you can't you can't start I mean hypothetically here. Brock Purdy goes on has a deep run NFC Championship game, loses the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's not starting next year. You're not you're not making the moves that you did for Trey Lance and then just making him a backup. 
He doesn't have trade value right now. There's still uncertainty. You have to put some some game film on. Brock Purdy, they have a really difficult decision this coming offseason with those three quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I would say that right now Brock Purdy is is almost the the is almost what we what I what I would like to see out of Trey. Yeah. Right? Like I would like to see if if Trey was playing in his in week 13 and played like Purdy played, I'd be over the moon. Yes. Yes. Right? <laughs> and so now we have this kid come in and and yeah, if he takes us to an NFC championship and he develops and he starts playing better and he starts to really earn that job, you're right, John. I mean, we're going to have some very difficult decisions, no doubt. The one the one thing that I would say is it almost doesn't matter when you have a guy like okay, for example, Jawan Jennings. That guy's a yeah. number two number two on most teams. Yeah. He's the fifth and sixth option on this team. And 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 that's all and that's on the offense. And the defense is is the stalwart. The defense is the crown jewel. This offense rivals any offense in the league, right? And so maybe not the Chiefs, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe not the Chiefs because they have the best quarterback in the game, no doubt, right? We're 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 rolling the dice here with a third stringer out of Iowa State who was Mr. Irrelevant. Like if he pulls <laughs> anything off, that is gonna be one of the greatest stories in NFL history. Like I, I like yeah. Oh no, that's that's a Disney movie in the making for sure. Come on now. Yeah, I'm yeah. It's, it's crazy. I heard it. I heard a stat of of Mr. Irrelevance. Brock Purdy is the first to ever throw a pass in an NFL game, being Mr. Irrelevant. That that's, I, that's crazy. I mean that that's, that's nuts. and he threw 33 of them. Hey man, you know what? Sling that thing, young man. Sling it, Purdy. Like you have you have nothing to you got nothing to lose. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Put your balls on the table and let it roll because this is your shot, bro. And so if I got a guy who's playing with that mentality, with those pieces around him, with that defense, now it's going to be up to Shanahan to make the kid believe that he believes in him, right? Yeah. Yep. And if he can, if Shanahan can infuse it, this is going to be one of Shanahan's biggest tests as a coach. Can you make this kid believe that he deserves to be here? He may think he thinks that he deserves to be here, but in those moments when you got it, when we got to go up to Seattle and we got to go 12th man and we got to go across the country and play Dallas in Dallas in Jerry World or whatever, like we're gonna see what you're rolling with between your pants, bro. I mean, Shanahan, Shanahan, this is his, this is the ideal situation to win a Super Bowl. If he can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Shanahan will have a job for the rest of his life with the San Francisco 49ers. Lifetime contract. 100%. Get him a statue. 100%. Right next to to Eddie D, bro. Set him up right next to the bar. Dude, who needs needs Big Dick Nick when you got Big Cock Brock? I heard I heard on a show the other day these these uh, college degenerates they they were saying that they love this kid they used to call it Brocktober when he played at Iowa State because they just cashed checks on him dude <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah let's stay with college football for a second obviously championship weekend just wrapped um, go big blue they got the big win against Purdue dominated that game for the most part. Um, but I wanted to talk, I know, I know this was on the rundown was Dion's move to Colorado and I wanted to get your guys take on it before, before I chimed in. And I guess I'll start with you, John, cause you, you're the one who put it in here and just what was your general takeaway, um, from that move? 
Go Buffs. <laughs> so excited, dude. I might I might jump the bandwagon from Texas and be a Colorado Buffalo fan. <laughs> Deion Sanders is bringing coaches. They just uh, confirmed today that Mike Zimmer, uh, the old head coach for the Vikings, is going to be the defensive coordinator. Um, within 12 hours of the offer going public, uh, or the accepted offer going public for Deion Sanders, they had over 200 recruits reach out, both in the portal and coming out of college or coming out of high school. Excuse me. Some of these guys are four and five star recruits, which Colorado hasn't seen since the Cordell Stewart days. Um, I think, and and if you look at, I mean, look at Utah, right? Like everyone's like, oh, why are you going to Colorado? Like they're a mediocre program, all this kind of stuff. Utah is two years in a row that Pac-12 champion. If you can win in Utah, you can win in fucking Colorado. So I'm 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 excited for it. Obviously, there's there's different controversy with you know kind of how he left Jackson State. Um, you know, coming in there like the savior for HBCUs and having this kind of dream ideology that he's that he's kind of expressing and living on. Uh, and then after two years, it's just I mean, I, I don't blame him. You know, he's getting 300K and at, J, you know, Jackson State and going to five million at Colorado. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not like, Jarrell, you said it, you know, a long time ago that I've always stuck with. I'm never going to knock someone cashing a check at the bank. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, like th- I, again, there's there's new reports as well from Jackson State that they were funneling money from the football team to pay for other things of the school, so they didn't have to. They had a contractual obligation to the staff, Deion Sanders, and the and the players. After thirty thousand tickets sold, uh, they would split fifty fifty revenue from then on out, uh, and none of that money went to the players. None of that went to the staff. None of that went to the coaching staff. So. It's kind of it's kind of weird, um, but it's as a Pac-12 lover, I, I'm excited. Finally, we we have you know Lincoln Riley, we have Deion Sanders, we have kind of the Pac-12 is starting to get back to those Pete Carroll kind of feels, you know, the Sunny Dykes kind of feels. Except Lincoln Riley and USC and UCLA are leaving in a year. Well, I, yeah, I mm, hold that thought because you know you can back out of stuff. I, I I'd say this. I'd say that as far as the Pac-12 goes, just from a, a, a marketing standpoint, it's like the majority of college football fans live in the Midwest, the South, East Coast, right? Pac-12 games don't start until eleven midnight over there. Some of them, you know, what I mean, it's like you're losing a demographic, you're losing viewership to you know by by the hundreds of thousands because your games aren't being played at five p.m. Yeah, and it's like. You're gonna get that 5 p.m. window when you go to the Big Ten. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're and you're gonna be playing Michigan and Ohio State and Purdue, and it's like storied franchises. There, you know, I call them franchises. Storied colleges, they're franchises. I mean, that's what they yeah. are, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Pac-12 shakes out with it as that move happens, because I think that it's going to happen. Um, I think Prime will succeed. I think brand name, he'll pull in the recruits. And I think, you know, as my as my brother, who is a, an avid and very smart uh, college football mind, says, it's just the teams on the field with the dogs against the teams without the dogs. And if you have those, those big puppies on your team, you're going to eat. And if you can get the five-star guys, the four or five-star guys, it's a stark difference in talent. 
against playing against teams with that are developing, you know, one, two, three star recruits. And so I think, yes, the immediate impact will be, they will be right there in the thick of it. They'll be competitive. Um, I, you know, I don't think that they're going to win the PAC 12. I think they'll be right there. Um, as far as the controversy goes, you know, I, 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 I think it was even Dion that said it. It's like either you're, you're leveling up or you're getting let go in this game. And you're either getting, you're either moving forward and moving up and moving to a higher pay bracket and a higher uh, caliber, higher level of team, or you're getting let go. And he had a, a chance. And so, you know, he, he took that move. And I actually commend him in a certain sense for the way that he's doing it. Cause he could have probably pulled a top 10, top 15 job on namesake alone, but he's building his experience through doing the levels of this thing, which there's levels to it. Right. And I think he will set himself up to become, if that's what he wants to become, you know, a top 10, have a program that's in the top 10. And is that Colorado? I don't think so. Is that a big 10 pack 12 or pack 12 team that's moved to the big 10 like USC after Lincoln goes back to the NFL or, you know, after the Utah job comes up, whatever UCLA bombshell right there. I could be. I'm saying, like, could you imagine prime SC? That's like LA primetime Hollywood. That's a match made in heaven. Did you guys did you guys see his uh press conference to the team? Yeah, he said he said you better hit the transfer portal because I'm coming with my luggage and it's Louie. It's Louie. It was fucking amazing. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> to that point, so so going to the the controversial part of this. The part I had a problem with, and this is the part I had a problem with when he arrived at Jackson State, is it was never about HBCUs. It was never about propping up HBCUs. It never was, right? And now that he's gone, we're going to go back to not talking about the swag. We just are. Um, It's not big time football. We all can understand that. But I just think my issue was when he got there, when he arrived, he mentioned that he was called there by God, which to me, I'm, this is no shade to anyone's religion or their spiritual beliefs. But when people say that this was God's calling, it removes all ownership from any decision made. Right. And if he's saying God called him there, but what $5 million called you away from there. And that was my entire problem. If he was just transparent, like, yeah, I'm coming here for a couple years. I'm going to build this team out. We're going to get some major recruits, um, that no one thinks I'm going to be able to get. We're going to build this organ. We're going to build this program up. We're going to bring some money and some excitement into the school. And then, yeah, you know, like it's, totally fair to say, I'm going to do this for a couple of years as a stepping stone. There's nothing wrong with admitting that my problem was the how insistent he was that he was helping change the game for hbcus he wasn't he was changing the game for jackson state everything goes back to how it was there is going to be no lasting impact from Deion sanders being there now that he's gone it's going to go back to being irrelevant to much of the country um it's just not, they're not big time schools. They're not big time programs. They don't have uh, 1% of the money as some of these other schools. So they're never going to be able to compete in the same way. And that's fine. But that my issue from jump was 
the fact that he said God called me here and it was all about the students and building that program and and it was about so much more than Dion but at the end of the day it was about Dion right and um it was fun to watch his his um his conversations with the team, his pregame speeches, his postgame speeches. He's a charismatic dude. This is a dude who showed up to his last game at FSU in a tuxedo in a limo with a 0.0 GPA. He was the first college superstar that knew he was bigger than the program. And he was, right? And this guy, you know, he from the music videos to the career he had, I mean, legendary athlete but i just thought there was all so insincere from the beginning and then when he left the way he left like i i get that jackson state saying no we're good here he did some great things for us it seemed again it seemed a little disingenuous to me the way he went about it um but with that said looking forward Colorado sucked for so long. It's, I mean, how long ago were the days of Cordell Stewart? You know what I mean? They have been an irrelevant football team for years. And this is a championship level team at their, at their peak. I just, my concern is besides Dion, what recruiting advantage do you have in Colorado? Do you have a single one? They have a nice locker room. Every major program has a nice locker room. You don't have one geographically. You don't have one on name brand. These kids, that these 18-year-old kids, 17-year-old kids have no fucking clue who Cordell Stewart is, right? Like it's been a long time since Eric Bieniemy played there. It's been a long, long time since the buffs have been good. I I would like 1994. to... 94. 94 is when they won? Was Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. Okay, yeah. So it's been... It's been 25 years since they've been relevant, so I am excited to see them hopefully get back on track. I don't know that they're going to be contending for the Pac-12 in their first year. Again, I just don't see any recruiting advantages beyond Dion, which is a big recruiting advantage because he is charismatic. I I have used some of his speeches as drops from my radio shows because it gets me hyped. Right, like he's he's very charismatic. He's you know all those things but um all that all that said i do think i do just want to recognize that at the end of the day i i personally felt that the entire jackson state experience was a bit disingenuous which is fine if he would just have been upfront about what it was from jump but you know god called him there god's also called john and god said Give me your picks, sir. Hey, it's me. Knock, knock. So, uh, you got, uh, you got my money? You gonna give me my money? Where's my money, man? It's a very, very weird time of the year. Uh, it is the one week before bowl week starts. Um, so we don't really have any games going on this week except for the greatest game in college football history, America's game. Army versus Navy. That's right. Army versus Navy. 1890 was the first time this these two teams played. 1890, guys. 
incredible. We have two and a half Navy favorite over under of 32. You heard me right. Over under of 32. I'm taking Navy, not because I know Navy's better, but because every single male except for me in my family joined the Navy. So it's the least I can do. Let's go semen. <laughs> also semen. Uh, uh, and then I have I have a juicy little sprinkle here uh, for scoring props for this game. First quarter, into first quarter, Navy leads by points between one and six, plus 650. We're going to be taking that as well. Aaron, don't look at me like that. Oh, that's it. I love it. That's like right at my, that's like, <laughs> like soft spot right there. Like you say plus 650. I say how high. Let's jump. Yeah, I still don't know over under. What what are you guys thinking over under on 30? 32, it's like you have to go over. But I looked at the Army-Navy games the last four years, and they haven't scored more than 30 combined. There's going to be 124 runs combined between the two teams. Yeah. There might be 10 passes between the two teams. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm fading Aaron, and I'm taking the over. Let's go. That's what we're doing. (laughs) How does it feel, Aaron? I'm going to text everyone in the group and tell them, fade you, even though you didn't take the under. We can, talk, right. we can talk about my week in the NFL if you want. Well, no, we're going to get to you. All right. We're going to, this is my time. This is my time right now. We're going to get to you. Okay. And then the teaser of the week, because Navy is the only FBS team playing this week. We do have the FCS, which we all know and love. And grew up with as D1 AA. So we have that uh, playoff starting, or the quarterfinal is this uh, Friday and Saturday. We have the local team and the undefeated team, Sacramento State versus Incarnate Ward. What? I I don't even know what. I, I don't even know that was a that was a name of a school. That doesn't that doesn't that sounds like a six ska band. <laughs> we're going we're buying six and a half we're buying six and a half here Sacramento State we're taking them even they just got a win then we have Montana State versus Willem and Mary we're taking Montana State minus a half a point and then this one is the uh, the, the gut punch one just going with the gut Holy Cross plus 22 and a half against probably the best team in the FCS in San Diego or San Diego in South Dakota State and the only reason I'm picking Holy Cross is because their quarterback is electric and his name is Matthew Slucka <laughs> That's a degenerate right there just I love Matt, it. all you need is a sick name and I'm t- I'm taking your squad uh and then I have one to add but it's a game time decision we have Samford at North Dakota State. North Dakota State is essentially the Yankees of the FCS. They have won nine out of the last ten national championships in the FCS. Samford is uh, undefeated coming into this game. Their quarterback is, you're probably going to hear about on Sundays, Michael Ayers. This guy is thrown for three, 3,500 yards, 35 touchdowns to three interceptions. 
has over a, a thousand yards rushing on like 10 or 11 TDs. He, uh, he hurt his wrist a week and a half ago or two, two games ago. He sat out last game. Um, they had a bye this week, so he's had a little bit of time. He's still a game time decision. If he starts, I also like Samford plus 23 and a half. And I might even, if he starts, I might even sprinkle in a money line there. Mm. Mm, all right. Let it ride in the FCS, boys. That's some real degenerate shit right there. I love it. I really love that. Um, so AB had a had a decent week last week, to say the least. We're going to get to you here in a second. Um, but let's talk about it. All right. So uh, one for two on locks of the week. I've decided maybe there can't be multiple locks of the week. There can only be one lock of the week by definition. So we're going to switch things up this week. You know what? I'm actually going to spark a joint because I'm feeling so confident let me just relax let me get in my zone here okay give me a second boys i got you so you had you had david montgomery 65 and a half yards i don't right. know if that hit. we had uh chubb longest run 20 and a half yards yeah that kind of sucked and then we had baltimore <laughs> money line which was just a <laughs> sneaky victory dude <laughs> such a sneaky victory Sure was. Disgusting. Sure was. Terrible value on that pick. Oh. And we got it by one point. Uh, we we got it by your quarterback not being able to score a single touchdown. Thank oh. God for Russell Wilson. First time I've ever uttered that, but thank God for Russell Wilson. And you know what, guys? You know what? We're coming right back with the lock of the week, and we are fading Russell Wilson once again. Kansas City minus nine and a half. I don't care that they're on the road. I don't care that that stadium's a mile high. Who gives a shit? We are taking them all day, baby. Kansas City minus nine and a half. We are fading Denver the rest of the year. It may slip into my lock of the week. It may not. But this week, count on it. Take that to the bank. It is the lock of the week. All right? I have two other picks. I'm going with the Niners at home against Tampa. Um, Tampa, obviously, Tom Brady and the three and a half scares me. I hate having that hook on there. If it was three, I'd feel a lot better about it just because it's Tom Brady. And we just saw what he did on Monday night. Um, but that team's not very good. Uh, they're pretty banged up and they just haven't performed to uh, to the standard we're used to seeing Tom Brady offensives uh, perform at. Now, this is going to F you guys up a little bit, all right? So, a couple weeks ago, I got real, real confident in betting against the idiot, Jared Goff. And we took the under on 248 and a half pass yards on Thanksgiving. And thank God he got to 240 and no more. So, what am I doing this week? We're taking the over with Jared Goff. That's right. You heard me. 340 yards last week. That offense is clicking. Uh, Ahmad, uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, absolute stud. 340 yards. I I just, I like this Lions team. I want to root for them. I have a hard time rooting for anyone who grew up on the West Coast and thought the <laughs> sun came up on the West. It's really, it's just infuriating. I don't know how that happens. However, however, I just, I like this team and I just, I wanted to place a bet on them and I just figured, you know what, Jared, Jared, uh, cashed me some money earlier this year by, uh, betting against him. So let's be positive this week. Let's, let's bet on him. 
And let's go with that with the 250 and a half over. So there you have it, boys. Against the Vikings, huh? Against the Vikings. I yeah, I I love is it. Is this is this tentative or is this oh, a lot? No. Love. I love this. Whoa. No, I actually like absolutely love this pick. Thank All you. Right, I'm fading that, dude. I am fading that. See, you keep saying that, but like, actually, I would love for you, since I had to do a public apology, would you just bless the listeners with um, what my week looked like last week? Yeah. So Aaron, um, Aaron took six games last week um, and a teaser. Uh, the teaser did not hit, but unfortunately, every single one of Aaron's picks hit. That's right. So Aaron That's went right. six and zero on his picks. I do apologize for saying uh, anything I said before this episode. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, I knew there was a butt coming. Here we go. I'm Have not. You. I'm not wrong. I am fading Aaron. I mean, I, you know, you are public perception, so I would expect you to go against a pro's bets. I mean, that's. Is this a thing? Is this a thing with you two? You guys apologize with uh but I was right. Is this what you guys do with each other? It's I'm sorry, but I was right. Is that just a running theme? Not necessarily. It's not always but I was right, but it's usually but and then an explanation, typically on Aaron's uh side, really thought out um and really has some intricate details to it. Uh, but in the end, it's really just bullshit. Well, see, I, I was gonna say that it's it's never really like when I'm just always right. So it's more just window dressing to to make sure that John and I's friendship like stays intact. Like sure. I'm, I'm well aware that I'm always right. And so I have to just allow him to believe that he's right every once in a while. He's a fragile man sometimes. And I have to make sure that it's for his mental health really over, over anything else. So, um, you know, I gave him, I gave him that Michigan pick that was just, We'll leave that there. All right. Well, let's get to your picks, Mr. Six and O. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. I'm gambling again. Yeah, all right. So we're going to start off, and we are going to Cleveland versus Cincinnati. I am taking Cleveland plus six. I wow. love it. Give me some of that. Burrow is 0-4 versus Cleveland. This defense tees off on Cincinnati. Miles um, Garrett always seems ready to go for this game. Um, you think it's the masseuse? And, 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 and uh, I mean, they brought Brissett in for a few plays. I, I think that I think he's going to have a better game. I do. Um, I just think this is a classic spot where Cincinnati comes in off of beating KC and it's a classic letdown. And yeah. I think everyone's going to be all over Cincinnati. And I just think this is a divisional game. You're going to give me six points. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take that all day. Um, I'm on that picks nuts. That's a good. I like that. Thank you, sir. Um, next, we're going same thing. Giants plus seven at home. Divisional dog against Philly. Uh, seven's way too much for this for this game. Um, Philly's coming off a big win. Uh, they, you know, there was some. Oh, is Tennessee decide? Is Philly decide? Philly mopped them. So the public's going to be all over Philly this week. They, it's the new shot. It's they're back. They're back, baby. That's what everyone's thinking, right? This Giants team is kind of 
not found their way lately. They've kind of, you know, they've been a little bit of a, a wayward ship. But I think that seven points, it's a divisional home dog. Like, it just tells you you have to take it. And and so I'm going to be taking that there. And Philly's been shown that they have problems on the, with the run defense. And I think Saquon can eat them up. So um, are you saying that Philadelphia is inflated? I am saying Philadelphia <laughs> and and Cincinnati are inflated. Mm. Oh. They are they are ballooning in the market right now. So I'm 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 all good with with I'm down to catch a a, a pop balloon. I am not down to catch a falling knife. And so you give me these you give me these inflated you give me these oh that you didn't like that idiom right there, bro? That was, is that like a common idiom? Yeah, think about it, right? So if if you're catching a sharp, right, a team that's looking really sharp, and you're gonna try and catch that, you know, try and catch them when they're sharp. You're catching a falling knife, but if you're sitting there waiting for a balloon to pop, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that helium, and everyone's gonna be riding that all the way up, and I'll be sitting there waiting for it to fall down. And so that's why I love the Giants. Tennessee minus four against the Jags. <laughs> Jags can't close a game. They just got their asses wiped in in Detroit. And I just think Tennessee's a better team. I think Vrabel's just has this. They know what they are, and they do what they do. And they're going to punch Jacksonville in the mouth. This game does mean something. If if Jacksonville beats Tennessee twice, they can they can actually take the the um, what is it the South is it the South right? Yeah, yes, yeah the the South Division um, AFC South. And so uh, yeah, I think Tennessee is just a better team. Give me minus four with Tennessee. Detroit minus two and a half. I am. Vikings are not a real football team. The Vikings are not a real favored team. in this game. No, the Vikings are not a real football team. They are the luckiest team in the league. One score games. They were outgained by 200 yards last week by the Jets. They, the Jets punted once. They should have won that game. Minnesota is the luckiest team in the league. I've lost money on them all year. I'll probably lose money on them again this week. I don't care. Give me Detroit minus two and a half. Amon St. Brown is a yes. game changer. That kid yes. is a game changer. When he's back in, when he's back on that on that offensive side of the ball, it's a different team. And I've Campbell, I've kind of had this weird thing with the motivation. Is he an X's and O's guys? He's scheming it up. He's scheming it up, and it looks good. So I, I'm I'm gonna keep riding. And at home, they've been really good at home. Yes, and, they have. Yeah. And so I, I'm with Detroit minus two and a half. So, so uh, to your point, the Vikings are ten and two, <clears throat> and they have a plus-minus differential of, I believe, ten on the season. And of the fifty-six other teams that have been ten and two at this point in the season, that is fifty-six of fifty-six for point differential. It is they they have been fraudulent. AB, you and I have been talking about this since you joined the show. They have been fraudulent all season long. Um, and if you look back on some of their wins, that win in Buffalo required the most ridiculous set of circumstances, one of the most ridiculous catches of all time. I've never seen a quarterback on the one-yard line fumble the ball to lose the game, and they still required overtime. It just, I just don't. I'm with you. Detroit, I'm taking Detroit too. I'm I'm totally with you. I just don't buy it. And and I think if you dig deep into the numbers like Juro, like you're talking about here, the plus minus differential, like they're 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 record in one score games, like those games are 50-50 toss-ups. They can go either way. They could easily be 
uh, you know, a six and four, uh, six and six team, uh, seven but and they're not, five, but they're not they're nine and two or 10 and two. They're nine and two. I think they get beat. I think, Detroit, two. I think Detroit beats them and I think they might even beat them pretty handedly. Um, seven to 10 points. So I might even look for an alternative line on that just to, to get, get frisky with it. Um, Jared Goff still scares me. He, he's been known to poop himself every once in a while, but he's at home and that's always a good thing for him. Um, so, so give me Detroit minus two and a half for my good buddy, Chris, your Vikings. They're still fraudulent. My friend, <laughs> New York jets plus nine and a half. Am I missing something here? Yes. Or, Thank you. Or, or are you just giving me nine and a half points? Like, I am I I'm not like give me the points in the better defense for sure. Now, with that being said, it smells like a pile of fish. It is so fishy that I am starting to wonder: Do I need to reverse, 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 reverse myself and but bu- and bet Buffalo? I, now, I'm all in a twist here. My initial gut was: You're going to give me nine and a half with that defense all day, all day. But something's got me a little, a little. I'm just, I'm smelling something, and it smells a little stinky. It smells a little stinky. John, what Sorry. do you think? Who, who are the Jets playing again? Buffalo. Buffalo. It's supposed to be snowing. I mean, that's not that's. Well, I mean, that works in your benefit. I think you know. I don't think yeah. it's. I don't think it's. I, I uh, Buffalo needs to, you know, be lightning kind of the the Rams greatest show on turf type of offense, right? So if if they have to deal with snow, they don't have a running game uh, to deal with that. I I like Jets plus nine and a half. I really do. Yeah, I I think there's only one quarterback in the league, maybe two with Mahomes that can out throw the elements and that's josh allen he he, he literally his ball can travel through <laughs> a, a hailstorm the guy has a rocket someone <clears throat> someone recently started tracking what they call yolo throws <laughs> and, I love that. <laughs> yes yes josh allen obviously um leads the league in yolo throws <laughs> Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> so I, I'm going to stick with the Jets at nine and a half because every ounce of my, like, you know, what I'd like to say sophisticated betting mind <laughs> says is take the nine and a half because they're giving it to you. But, but yeah, I'm starting to, to get a little weary of that one. So I'll probably just <laughs> lay the bet and back off and not even think about it. Um, next. I'm going to keep riding with those 49ers, boy. I'm telling you right now, everyone's going to – maybe – I mean, maybe I downgrade him a point from Garoppolo to Purdy from what I saw. Point and a half. I think the kid is is the real deal. And if we just if we just made Tua, we're going we're gonna to be in Uncle Tom's lap all night long. Like, it's it's – he's not going to have time to throw it. And – and I think that he's we might make him want to retire and go back to Giselle because he's not going to know what to do here. I, I I don't think that offensive line is going to be able to hold up. Their defense is is not what it was a couple of years ago. Um, three and a half. I'll bet this all the way up to six minus six. I think that they roll here again. Wow. You, the, Tampa Bay just struggled to beat the Saints at home. 
I mean, the Niners barely beat the Saints. The night this no one's giving that Saints defense. What do you mean the they barely beat the Saints? The Saints did up. not score. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. They could they could have easily they you they know, fumbled on the one yard line and they what threw. Did you say before we're not betting on the offense, my friend. We bet on the defense, and that defense is elite, highly, highly elite. And 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 I just don't see Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin. They don't scare me anymore. Where's Mike Evans been this year? Where's Mike Evans been the last four years? Fair enough. I mean, winning a Super Bowl one of those years, but <laughs> fair, fair. But ask any fantasy manager how no Mike, doubt where I, Mike I, Evans been. I learned my Mike Evans lesson years ago. Yeah. So okay. So those are my official picks. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, you know, I said something last week, and I said, look, I think we're just gonna have to auto fade the Broncos every week. But I'm back to back the Broncos, baby. What? Half against Kansas City. Let's go, divisional dog. Give me the nine and a half. I'm taking the Broncos nine and a half against KC Mo. I'm. I just. You're gonna give me that nine and a half with that defense. The the Chiefs always playing a dogfight against against Denver. Russ is out getting baptized somewhere. Whatever, I don't care. Like the 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 longer he stays on the sideline, the better, in my opinion. Um, I feel like if I lived in Denver, I would randomly get a knock on the door on like a Friday or a Saturday, and it'd be <laughs> and it'd be Russ in a bike helmet with like a pant leg tucked in. And he's like, have you heard the good news? I'd be like, what? That we haven't got a win yet? <laughs> Fucking asshole. I don't need them to win. In fact, I don't want them to win. I just want them to cover the nine and a half. And I think if you're seeing the trend this week with my picks, it's divisional dogs. Okay, a couple things here. Um, one, I fucking hate that you did that to me and us <laughs> and the audience. I really, I thought we had formed some sort of bond here and we all agreed that well i thought you and i agreed we we're fading denver the rest of the way i thought we were going to be in lockstep there and and uh you benedict arnold me there dog <laughs> you wavered dog you wavered <laughs> all is fair in love war and degeneracy my friend gotta make that money denver nine and a half all right all right um i also want to go back to some um, brilliant analysis by you earlier, and you said, "I quote: They know, uh, they know what they are, and they do what they do." Just <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yes, that's right. I always say something about that. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Just how, else, how else would you describe the Titans? You sound like Nick Sirianni in his first press conference. <laughs> yeah. How else would you describe the Titans? <laughs> we know what they know what they they know what they are and they do what they do <laughs> all right john madden oh uh, yes. just brilliant and then i That's just wanted so an update if you guys can help me so this week um to add to the list of inflated teams we have added cincinnati and philly is there anyone else right now who is inflated that i am missing not this week, I don't believe. We had uh, Dolphins last week, which mm -hmm. is looking good. Yep. Um, and I don't have the piece of paper in front of me where I wrote it down. Um, I'd like to, I'd like there was to another add, one on that list. Buccaneers are inflated this week. 
Okay, Bucks are inflated. Wow. So, so we're going Cincy, Philly, Bucks are your yeah. inflated teams for this week. Correct. All right. So I don't do locks. I do inflation. Fair enough. I think so, we're all doing inflation, unfortunately, yeah, right now. <laughs> it's been brutal. Y'all go gone to the grocery store lately? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's like shopping for groceries in Hawaii. I'm like, why is milk $6? <laughs> but I'm okay to lay a $100 bet multiple times on a Sunday. I I have a problem. So I was in, uh, <laughs> speaking of inflation and sta uh, stating the obvious, I was in mixed company earlier this summer and it was uh, more of a formal dinner that I was at for work. Mixed company? Was that like different races? Um, it's just not my people, right? It was a oh, work okay. function. So there's there's a certain level of um, professionalism that goes along with that, right? And it and there it it's a diverse group of people. I don't know what their backgrounds are, and so it's just people are struggling to small talk, and so <laughs> I dropped the line on them. Um, that was just the most obvious thing in, in the world. I was like, hey, guys, you guys seen these gas prices lately? And let me tell you, um, it worked out tremendously. It broke some nerves. So that's kind of been I've, I've kind of found this lane for myself lately where stating the obvious is a lot of fun. So I again, A.B., they know what they are and they do what they do, I think, is just perfect analysis. And I really um I encourage the audience to continue to uh, come back and get um, that high-level depth and coverage on football. There you go. Six and zero last week. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. What did, we I can't... play to win the game? <laughs> I'm a yeah. man. Before we I'm get cool. out of here, before we get out of here, um, I got a question from a listener, and the listener said, "You cowards." Tell us how much you bet. Stop hiding from the dollars. And what I would like to say to this listener is, one, stop pocket watching, dog. And two, the IRS has the same access to this show that you do, okay? So, like... Get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, you... if you didn't if you didn't listen to like episode four, I don't know if you know, but Prop 27 did not pass in California. Yes. So this so... is just purely for entertainment if anyone out there is listening. <laughs> right. It's advice. This is yeah. not financial advice. It's advice. It's advice. We guarantee results around here. Let's just put it, let's just put it this way. We know what we are and we do what we do. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> with that. I will sign off, my friend. Yep, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> game over, man. It's game over.